Welcome to another episode of Loud and Curious with Krista Rosa. Um, I'm here with one of my best friends of all time, Emily Perrott. Hello. You probably have seen her articles on Thought Catalog. Where else do you? Thought Elite, Catalog Elite. And, and or my website, emilyperrott.com and or Elite Daily. I, I frequent different places. Yeah. Um, Emily and I have known each other most of our lives. We went from like elementary school to through high school together. And beyond, obviously. Correct. And we... Well, we went to different colleges, but didn't matter. Because I'm here always. Yeah, you are. In the bed. In my bed. You love my bed so a lot. it's so great. Oh, everybody. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, basically, Emily's family was very, very prominent in our town. Um, and her mother was the librarian at our school. So grew up with her family and mother and grandparents. Um, and her mother passed away from cancer. Yes. About how long ago was it? Three, so that, yeah. three years ago? Yeah, Four? three years. 2014. 2014. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I kind of want to talk about that process and then also what we, like how afterward, the aftermath. Yeah. I guess is the right word, right? Yes. Um, yes, yes. This is going to be a hard one, but we're going to do it. And... I'm really excited and in advance, thank you for sharing this story with me. What? Thank you. Um, so take me through. So you guys, your grandfather was the superintendent of our high school. Right. Um, forever. Be- forever, before we were even there. Yes. And so everyone in our town knew your family really well, and especially, especially obviously, your grandfather. Um, so that's kind of setting the scene of our small town where I graduated with 89 kids in my graduating class. Correct. I had, at, I had like 92. Yeah. You had 80 some. Very small school. So small. And town. So like everyone knows each other. Everyone knows everyone. But like even so, your family was very yeah. known in the community because of your grandfather being the superintendent of our school. Right, right. And the grandpa was a little bit of everywhere. Then my mom got hired into the school. And my grandma was kind of, you know, putzing around with my grandpa everywhere, bringing yeah. cookies to the events, like, oh, Pauline's cookies, you know, Joe's the, the cheap superintendent. And then, like, in comes my mom as this, like, goofy librarian who, like, played the piano to sing books instead of read them. Yeah. Just, you know, su- such such strong presences in the school and in the community because my grandpa was in the Rotary Club. Nice. Bless. And then... Yeah, bless up. Yeah, bless that up. And then, you know... It was just one of those things, and then I came into the school, and Stephen was playing sports, and I was loud and obnoxious and yeah. singing all the time. Stephen, your brother, Stephen, your brother was is graduated in my grade. Yeah, totally. Which was a grade older than you. Yes, yeah. yeah. Stephen's a year older, and is just like quiet and subdued and smart and great and everybody's favorite. And then I'm the nutcase, and we just like really formed a presence. And I felt like before I even started school at Nishanik, it was a home to me, just because of my family's history there. Yes. Right. So the the teachers there are. I think for me, like closer family members than some of my blood family. It's just like that. That's our home. Yeah. And, and still is, which is, which is a really nice thing about our community. It's a blessing and a curse. Um, but for me, it was a support system from day one, which is why I think when my mom died, it's like one of those like 
things heard around the world in our little community. It was just like this. Yeah, it was a big deal. I'm just trying to e- emphasize. It was a exactly. huge deal because everyone knew your mother. And like everyone that exactly. went to our school like years before us and years after us like had her as an elementary school librarian. Right. And like we and, would, when we were in school, we would go down and just visit her when we yes. had our like free period or like our periods that weren't free that we just didn't le- go to class. Didn't go to class. <laughs> like, we would just go and hang out with your mom. Right. We would sit and watch her teach and like steal candy from her. And like and, yell at the kids. And yell at them. And just, yeah. you know, they're funny. Kids are weird. And that was fun for us. Yeah. And, and fun for your mother. Oh yeah. She loved it. We yeah. were like, we were like the entertainment that would sneak in when she's like, has to teach the Dewey Decimal System because she has to like curriculum. And then we get to come in for like comic relief and she's thinking, thank goodness. Cause I realize this is boring. Yeah. Do you know? And Oh yeah, Christopher and I spent many a times in the hallways, significantly less time in the classroom. Guess what? No one cared. No one we cared. never got asked why, which is concerning a little bit. Yeah. But but also speaks to like the fact that like your family was really wanted was in the fine. school and it was like completely fine and they didn't think we were up to right. like any trouble. It was just Emily which, like, and Chris. Which we mostly weren't. No, just yeah, bringing spirit to places. Yeah. Anyway, um, so your mother was a librarian for how long? Oh, that's a good question. I think. 12 years, 16 years, yeah, 12 and 16 are 10. both ringing bells. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well over 10. Well over 10. Um, so yeah, I think, I think 16 sounds right. It's a blur, but yeah. yeah, a long time. How old were you whenever she first got sick or diagnosed? Sure. Yeah, sure. She was diagnosed, um, right before I turned 18. So I was 17. It was my senior year of high school. Um, and she got diagnosed with a super weird cancer. Really? It, it's kind of, a, it's a quick fun story with which, how she got diagnosed because she started seeing like flashing in her one eye things flashed at her which was weird went yeah. to the doctor and he was like oh you have a super common eye condition your yeah. retina is detached no sometimes i have like like they call it dazzle because i have really bad eyes and they call it dazzle yeah. it's like when it's really bright sometimes there's like weird like yeah things and sometimes i get like tunnel vision because mm-hmm. i have really bad eyes and like when it's really bright i get like tunnel vision sometimes because it's like it, it just affects you. So it's like, that's to me, doesn't sound like, like no. if that happened to me, I wouldn't think like, oh my God, I have cancer. I have cancer, right. Yeah. And that's what he said. He's like, Diane, like not a big deal. Yeah. And she always has super, super sensitive eyes anyways. She like wore her sunglasses in Sam's club when we went shopping because the bright lights just bothered her. She had like these bright blue eyes. It's normal, yeah. whatever. And so he said, but I'm going to send you to a specialist. They're going to correct it. Basically just reattach your retina, call it a day. So she went to the specialist in Pittsburgh and they're like, so there's a tumor on your eye. And that doctor there is like, I've only seen a few in my life. So we just did our research and apparently it's like five people out of a million even get this cancer. No one's heard of it. And there's no cure, no treatment. It's a fatal cancer that no one's like even heard about. Yeah. You know, and it's one of those things when you're never ready to hear it. Right. But you walk into an eye doctor to have a super, super quick, easy surgery. And they're like, "Mm, no, like this is cancer. Yeah. You know? So, and, and from then on, it was just my dad calling everywhere he could to see who's even heard of this cancer. Yeah, not even like, oh, like, can I just like roll up to the hospital and like- Can get, I start a treatment? Can I like be on chemo? Like, let's do right. it. It's like, how do we even proceed from here? Right. No yeah. such thing. And it was a lot of experiments. And my dad was himself injecting her every Wednesday for months with um, this treatment that it was, it was a trial, it was an experiment. Yeah. We just tried to get approved for experiment after experiment to try anything. And yeah. like- I just remember my dad injecting her in her stomach and every also, week. Even just and also I feel like even especially your mom would want this it this way as well. But like being like, Oh, I have this, so like we might as well do like experimental treatments because right. like then people can like learn about this cancer, right? She said that all the time. Yeah. She said, I mean, because we never knew what was working and what wasn't, and she just said, You know what? Let's try something. 
because it'll be a yes or no for someone else. And she really, really did understand that. And that was a cool thing because I didn't. And I was like, what do you know? Like, that doesn't make sense. Like, let's just get you better, woman. And she's like, we'll do what we do. You know, we'll try what we can. And it's probably going to help sometime for someone else. When you find this out, are they like, there is, like, do you think there is zero hope for my mother? Did they tell you that? So they told, so there's a lot of processes to go through. If it was a certain type of tumor, it would probably just get rid of it and go away. If it was this other type of tumor, they told her there's a 90% chance it would metastasize within four years and that she would die. So yeah, they did. But what's really hard about this cancer, and you could probably attest to this, is for the four years after she was diagnosed, she looked fantastic yeah she wasn't tired sick nothing looked different until her eyeball got removed but we can get there later um but even at that no even then a sick person even then it was she didn't lose her hair she didn't like she wasn't in the hospital like hooked up to a machine she didn't like no it wasn't like she wasn't wearing like she didn't have like the under the bags under the eyes and the you know the the scarf on her head and like yeah did not look like a cancer patient looked completely fine right and that what and she acknowledges some this sometimes she told us you know because she was afraid and she would acknowledge sometimes saying that I think you all forget that I have a fatal cancer. Yeah. Because we acted kind of like it wasn't there sometimes. She Because she wasn't like bedridden. Not even a little bit. You know what I mean? It's not like you're like there like changing, like helping her like no. shower or no. like, you know what I mean? Like she's like up on her feet at work. Like, yeah. yeah. It wasn't until the very last few months that I saw any change at all. And we thought they were just temporary pains. And even with that, she kept going. So it was a hard thing because she knew and she was scared. But we kept forgetting, which is insensitive. And But we acknowledged it. Eventually, we got to a point and we just like talked about it. And I realized, though, we definitely think that you're kind of, you know, superwoman right now. Yeah. And that nothing's going to happen because you don't look like anything's going to happen. And that was hard. But it's also because she wasn't getting any treatment. The treatment is what make people look like cancer patients, you know? Yeah. And she, nothing was happening. It was just the cancer was happening, but you couldn't tell. Yeah. And you know what I mean? So it was interesting because she knew. And I think we, one, blocked it out because we didn't want to face it. Obviously. It was very easy not to face it because she yeah, looked so good. Because there was nothing in your face. Like, yeah. Correct. Yeah. Then what happens? So truthfully. Is she, wait, actually, let me. I'm going to interrupt you already. Go, go. Is she like making like. How is she proceeding? That's is she good, just yeah. like, are we like, how is she proceeding with this? Like, yeah. Cause so she didn't just was, she wasn't like, Oh, I'm like going to throw in the towel and just like do salad. Like she like just kept living her life but for not, more or less. Right. Lived her life exactly as it was. Um, she did plan, um, her arrangements and everything. She took care of that right away. And that was an interesting process just because once you're diagnosed, you can't really change your life insurance, stuff like that. Yeah. That was an interesting thing for our family to deal with. Cause my dad always said like, Oh, I just assumed I'd go first and you guys would be taken care of. Truthfully. He said that. Yeah. Um, so that is the only preparation she made. The hardest thing for her was that every six months she had to have a liver scan because they told her there's a 90% chance it's going to metastasize on your liver. She did radiation. She did everything she could, yeah. but they were all experiments. And they said, it's probably going to metastasize. So every six months, she had to go and get a scan. And we would say, like, hey, mom, why don't we take a trip? Because we vacationed a lot growing up. And we'd say, why don't we do this? Why don't we do this? And she said, I'm so afraid to plan anything. Because with a scan every six months, there's always a scan before we would go somewhere. Yeah. And she would say, I don't want to get a bad scan and have to cancel a trip. And my dad kept saying, well, we'll cancel it. Who cares? Yeah. And she wouldn't do it. That was the only different thing that really 
she was adamant about. She was always afraid to plan things. Um, but not in our day-to-day life. Our life was fantastic and fun and opportunities galore. And we drove everywhere and did so much. But in terms of like planning anything big, she was afraid to do that. Yeah. Which was like, I think the biggest change for us. But why, why? I think she just was the reality of planning something, and getting to not do it felt, I think she was afraid of the disappointment. Like for you guys. Exactly. Yeah. And my mother also said though, which was interesting. She said so many times, I don't have a bucket list. And that's the other thing she said. She's like, what else do I need to do? She said, my life was freaking awesome. I, I saw so much of the world. My kids, she said, there's nothing we didn't do together, which we never look back and say we wish we had done more because I'm so grateful we yeah. did it all together. We were such a strong bond. So there's no regret there. Especially which is really, you and your mother. Yeah, yeah. It's so comforting to know. I guess that is something we should also say is yeah. that like, I know this, but the yeah. the listeners do not know. You and your mom were like attached to the hip inseparable. You look alike. Right. Like you're seeing your pictures. Like remember the like picture, high, yeah. the picture in your pa- grandparents' living room. Yes. Remember I like looked at it and I was like, Emily, you look just like you your did. mother in this photo. Yes. Like I like thought it was a picture of your mom. Right. Like you were attached to the hip and like everyone in the fucking world knew it. Right. Cancer, yeah. no cancer, like didn't yeah. matter. Best friends. So thankful for that. Yeah. So, and she said that though. She said, I don't have a bucket list. I don't need to go anywhere else. I've gone so many places. I don't care. I just want to be ready with my family in my backyard with the birds and with my cats. Yeah. That's what she wanted. She said, I don't care. I'm so happy here. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't need to do anything else. And that was like beautiful. And I was also like, are you sure though? Cause we could do something. Yeah. Like we could like ball out. Like let's do something. And she's yeah. like, no, I'm happy. And that I thought was like really beautiful and, and tragic in itself. And that like we all wanted to do something. And she's like, I'm fine. Yeah, like, she's like, I'm, I'm like, so content. I'm like really chilling. Yeah. Like it's actually like we're, we're yeah. good. And yeah. And that was fun. Like that was nice. It was, I always was like, I love that. And it made me sad, but it was, it was a beautiful thing too. Yeah. It also just shows you something that she like didn't have any regrets. It seemed like, Absolutely do you know what I mean? None. It's like one, like, especially if you know your time is ticking away, mm-hmm. you're like, Oh, I fuck. I need to go here and there and blah, blah, blah. And like all this fucking shit that I want to do before. Like Nothing. I leave. You know what I mean? She was like, I fucking did the damn thing. She did. Right. Not to yes, swear, but please swear. And <laughs> yes. And that was, I think, do you know one more thing though? That was weird and hard for me. So I was probably her main support system, obviously not financially and like taking her to appointments and, and shit like that. That was my dad clearly. Um, but I was her friend when she was crying and scared. It was to me. Yeah. And Watching the woman who raised me and pushed me and hugged me, that role reversal happened very quickly for me. And Stephen was, you know, in law school and well, college. But like but somewhat removed from the he situation. Was, he was yeah, gone he and went, farther he was away. Not, yeah, he was farther away. At and I came home every single weekend through college just yeah. because I'm like, I'm hanging out with her. Yeah. Thank God I did. Right. Um, but so it was me that she went to when she was scared about dying. And I just, what do you say? You know, yeah. and we had to finally come up with a routine that made her feel better. Um, but she did start like walking me around the house at times and being like, I want you to know we got this from dad's great grandma. Like, yeah. I want you to know this was grandma's. I want you to know I jumped into a dumpster and took this out when Bob and I were on a road trip once. Like yeah. she did that. So she, you knew. Yeah. She wanted to teach me things. Which and is that like, was, like so special because yeah. I literally have that. Like, that's what I do. Like, yes. I have my, things in my apartment right now that we're in that like I'm like this was from here this was yeah right wow in our house you've been in our house it's just it's you it's so funny I've told you this before there's things like in your bathroom that we have in my house your yeah. your, your style in antiquing is so similar to hers yeah um but nonetheless that was a thing and should be like do you remember 
that time, like we, there was an abandoned house and we saw a window beside it and we went and took it, you know, yeah. because we thought it was beautiful and things like that, that she started like reminding me of and teaching me. That was probably the biggest thing she did in acknowledging her death to prepare me. Yeah. It wasn't like, Oh, dream big. Oh, do this. It was like, I think you need to know some things just when you look at it and you think you might want to throw it away someday. Just remember that was someone's and that's yeah. why we loved antiquing and all, you know, in general. So that was definitely something she did that was like trying to prepare me. But at the same time, I was like keeping her afloat. Yeah. And that was hard on days. She did get discouraged because she's human and she knew she was going to die at some point. We didn't know when it would be. Yeah. Um, but so eventually I would just like pull her up and start singing um, Frankie Valley. Can't take my eyes off you. And I would dance her around my bedroom and I would sing that. Yeah. And like we would smile and laugh and. And that was like our thing. That's when like when I saw her being really like, mm, down. I would just like grab her and just start or I would yell like code red. She's going to cry code red. Oh, yeah. to like make it funny. Yeah. And yeah. she'd be like, it is. It is a code red. <laughs> and like, and that's what we did. I like, hear her. I like yeah. so hear her saying that. Yeah. Like her eyes are filled with tears, but like yeah. I'm making she's her like, laugh. And like, she's like, it is. Like, it is. <laughs> <laughs> like, and that's what we did. Yeah. So like we had our little system or she'd call me and I'd be like, Ma, is it a code red? And she'd be like, yes. And dad's not home from work yet. Yeah. And it's a code red. Like, so cute. And that's what we did. Yeah. But it was fine. So then, like, what, what's, the ne- what's the next thing? Sure. So really, I think we could fast forward because this was three years. This was four years long. Okay. So that's like four years of that. Four years of that. And they pretty much told her if it's going to metastasize, it's going to happen within four years. And like, God damn it. It was pretty much exactly the the four-year mark when she found out she metastasized. So what does that mean? So that really just means a cancer that started in her eye, right? So there's a tumor there. They radiated it and eventually removed the eye altogether. So the tumor's gone. But the last time that I saw your mother, it was like, Kind of right after she had had that done, right? Exactly. And she yes. showed me her eye, like without the her eye, eye socket. Her eye socket, which was very strange because I didn't had never like seen anything like Why it before. Why would you? Yeah. No. And and I vividly remember like being in your house and like mm-hmm. her being like, yeah, like look, it's gone. Like it's not there. And I was like, it's not there. And it's not as weird as you think, but no. Nonetheless, it wasn't a hole. Also, no, it's which like, is very strange. It's not hollow. Not to turn this into like no. It's like not hollow, like you think of in a skull. There was like yes. stuff there, but it just wasn't an eye. Right. And then I guess that's worth noting really quickly. So she had no vision on her um, on her right side. That's which eye it was, and she ended up getting a glass eye only because they told her try to leave that eye in. There was some data saying that leaving your original eye in could be helpful for like you know, metabolic function and just helping things not metastasize. So she's like, whatever, I'll try. It just got so painful after all the radiation that I was as good as dead. Yeah. So they removed it. She got this glass eye, which looks like a weird seashell. Not what you'd think. Not a ball, everybody. Yeah. I repeat, not a ball. Very strange. Nonetheless, um, we kind of had this Yeah, because where would the ball be? Like there was like stuff it wasn't as there. hollow. Yeah. Right. So it was just like a the, seashell. She honestly, just laid like, over honestly, it. Honestly, like the things you know. Yeah. Like the things you learn whenever. You learn. Yeah. I know. Um, yeah. So that... Blah, blah, blah. And another really cute thing we had was when we'd be in public and she would just go, honey, 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 stay on my right. Stay on my right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She'd run, run right into things. Cause yeah. The, cause you Cause just, yeah. And also like living your whole life without, right. without that. Like, right. Yeah. And like, she'd be driving. I'd be like, ma, I'm a little concerned. You don't have a right eye. Yeah. Like, like your whole, you have a big blind spot. Like also like I should drive. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes I'd be like, this is so hard. Like I would cover my right eye. And I'm like, this is hard. And so we did have a little thing called stay on my right. And I actually made a big dance piece my senior year dedicated to her for my capstone um, called Stay on My Right. 
And it was all, it was this beautiful story of like a mother and a daughter. And the whole time the dancer who portrayed the mother was on the left and she would pull the dancer portraying the daughter to her right. And it was just like really beautiful thing for my mom. So we did have a little stay on my right thing, but nonetheless, so four years later she went for her monthly or six month scan, which have all been fine. And they've been doing a bunch of different experimental treatments. And then there it was, there were liver mets everywhere. Um, There were a lot of them. And they're like, okay, look, a new realm of trials. Yeah. We got to try something new. And there's like this blog of all like the people, like all 12 people in the world with that this have cancer. had this. Yeah. Like, yeah. They're friends. They know each other. Yeah. And uh, she would, it all happened. All of them at one time, it metastasized pretty much. Like, right. Yeah. And like, right when they basically said like, it's going to happen. It, this, it, like right as that window was closing. Right as it was closing. And that was kind and of not that irony. It was like not going to happen if it was not, but like they just kind of predicted that it would be. Right. Yeah. Right. And that was the irony. And these tumors were strained. They're the same for everybody. It wasn't just on like one lobe of your liver. So you could remove it. And you're not a transplant candidate um, if you have cancer because it'll just metastasize again, likely. Like, it'll just happen. Yeah. yeah. So, like, they're not going to waste a liver on you, which, like, sounds cruel, but it makes sense. Yeah. And so the only option was this, like, radiation therapy because there's tiny little tumors. Picture them speckled over like an organ. all over the whole organ. So yeah. you can't remove anything because you can live with, with part of your liver. That's yeah. very common. Um, she didn't drink anyways. wasn't going to be an issue. So, but that wasn't an option. So they just tried these, like, radiation treatments and this other drug, um... They called it Ippy, I think. It was just some sort of... It was chemo-like, but still not the same. Like, she would sit for hours and, like, get a drip at the hospital. Yeah. But not, like, you lose your hair or anything. Um, and what ended up happening to her and, and the rest of the people in this trial is the, um, the drug was too strong. And their liver started to fail, actually. Yeah. And what happened... And it's so quick. It's such a fast story, so it's so easy to tell. Um, she started to bloat. She looked, like, nine months pregnant. Okay, this is like the four-year mark. This is summer of 2014. And they just told her, you know, Diane, the liver is not going to process this drug well. And we know that. Yeah. But as long as your counts are within a normal range, you know, your blood counts, um, we're going to keep going. Yeah. And she was like, that's fine. And she felt bloated and like tightness because imagine like your stomach basically it was filling with fluid because your liver needs to filter that. Okay. And you need to like get this shit out. Yeah. But hers wasn't. So she just like had swelling really. Yeah. And all I could do is really drain that fluid, but they were going to wait. And she started to look big and it would get uncomfortable and she'd be nauseous. And she's like, ugh. it started to slow her down. And it did. Yeah. Um, not noticeably to anybody else, but to me, like we'd wake up in the morning and like it was summer. So I was home. I'm so I'm grateful for that, that I like put off school they, for a year able, and everything. Well, and also you were school. able to like be there. Yeah, yeah. It was all such a strange blessing. Um, but she slowed down. Like, we'd wake up in the morning. We'd be, like, cleaning and, like, doing our fun stuff and listening to music. And she'd be like, I think I have to lay down a little. Just, yeah. like, let me let me get it together. And I was like, why? Like, also, she still looked great. Had, like, a bloated tummy, but that was fine. And then one morning, it was the day before my grandparents' um, wedding anniversary, we had, like, ordered a cake for, like, 50 cents extra for flowers all over it. Diane's fighting with the bakery at Giant Eagle. Um and all this stuff we went and bought all these beautiful gifts for them to put in their yard things my mom would love it was cute and um it was the day before and she's like oh I just don't feel good let me lay down I'm like that's fine she laid down I'm sitting with her we had spent the whole day like going to like um like nurseries to get like plants and like just yeah like decorations for like yeah yeah you know one was a windmill which like this windmill it's at their house forever so cute um 
and so we got back from that she bought me chipotle which she hated and she just wanted to go home she was so tired and sore and she's like uh you love chipotle let's just get it for you then go home and i was like i love you you're awesome i love chipotle yeah and then we went home bless up bless the chipotle and we're laying down i was just sitting with her and like her legs i'm like mom your legs are really swollen today she's like i know like they feel heavy and so I just like pressed on it and she had pitting edema, which is really just if you press on the skin and the indent stays there, it doesn't, it oh, doesn't come up right away. Okay. You know, there's an influx of fluid. Similar to like when you're like, when you have, when you're sunburned and you put, and you push on it and you're like, yes. you're white the for a second and there. then it like, yeah. yes. Imagine an indent, like memory foam. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like memory foam. But it's your leg. Yeah. Yeah. And so I knew that was weird. So I yeah. was like, Hey, we should not. Okay. And yeah. she's like, it's fine. So we called my dad she's like, Bob, like. Emily said that, like, my legs have pitting edema. Didn't know what that was. Yeah. Probably, right? Right. And she's like, but it's fine. And Bob's like, uh, I don't know. Let me just call your oncologist. And so so he did. And the oncologist was like, Diane, I'm pretty sure your liver's failing. Like, come to the Cleveland Clinic now. Yeah. And she's like, oh, don't want to. She's like, yeah, I'm, she's I'm, like, she's like really I'm busy, like super busy. Yeah, can't, she's like, I'm fine. Like probably can't make it because yeah. like I'm real busy. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a Wednesday and she's like, like I, I, I don't want to. Like I'm there's busy. a, yeah, there's like a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Right. And so um, she went though. My dad was like, I'm coming home from work. I'm going to get yeah. you. We're going to drive to Cleveland. And they did. And also she, like just LOL that like a doctor's like do this. And your mom was like, probably not. No, she's like, I'm fine. She's yeah. like, I feel fine. Like I'm tired. My stomach's bloated. We know, but I'm yeah. fine. So they went. And she like took her overnight bag, her Victoria's Secret overnight bag with like some like her little pet cat stuffed animal Tanya she brought with her everywhere and her cat blanket somebody made for her because like the woman loved cats. Yeah, Crazy she's a cat, cat lady. Woman, yeah. Yes. Um and it was cute. And she's like, she wrote me a note like feed the birds, take the garbage out, pick up after after Steve, my brother, mess. Yeah. Love mom. She wrote me that note. She's like, I'm gonna be gone a couple days, most. Like I'll probably be back by Sunday. This was Wednesday. She's like it's fine. Yeah. Okay. So she left and I'm doing what I need to do. Like upset that she's missing the party. Yeah. Oh, she's like, go pick up the cake, pick up the sandwich tray, take all the gifts over. And it was that same afternoon. I'm like, fine, I'll go. It was lunch break. Steven's lunch break from work. So he could go to their house and just like have cute lunch with them. And I showed up there and I'll just like never forget that day because I showed up by myself with the gifts my mom picked out and the cake that she ordered and the food she ordered. Cause she always did everything way too much. It was way too much for four people to sit and eat together. Five yeah. people. Um, and they just looked at me and they're like, like, do we have to like your you know, grandparents yeah. are saying like, oh, this yeah. is the Sorry, day of the party. Hi. No, no, Hi. no, your grandparents. Yes. Yeah. Like, I took yeah, the yeah. anniversary food over and they were just like, okay, this doesn't seem right. No. Yeah. And they were crying and I'm like, no, we're, we're doing this. She did all this. We're doing it. Yeah. And Steven showed up from his lunch break at work and he was like, Hey, I have a lot at the office. I can only stay for a few minutes. And I could just tell he couldn't be there with us. Yeah. And so we just said, okay. We're like, we wish he'd stay, but that's okay. Go. And he went and I knew he just needed to go cry. And my grandparents needed to cry. And like, there I was, you know, doing my best not to. And that was, again, it was just, I felt like it was always me. And I don't know why or how that happened. Um, But it was always me like taking care of, not taking care of it. Cause nobody made me do it, but I felt like things were going to crumble if I didn't. Yeah. You know? And so that was it. And was then, that hard? Was that? It, no, it felt like I needed to. I think it probably helped me because I didn't get to cry yeah. or, or do shit. Any, you know, like it just like went right over my head. So I'm like, grandma, like we're okay. Hi, I love you. I'm here. She's okay. You know, I, we could do this. Yeah. Like it's okay. And I told Steven, like, I know this sucks, but she's at one of the best cancer clinics in the world. You know, dad's yeah. kind of a genius. Like, 
he's so good with her with this because he was he was he was so good and smart and calm and he asked all the right questions he was such a blessing to have during that because she was emotional and being in the medical field he had this he was so good yeah and your so, dad is a dentist but yeah for people that, yeah the dentist he's a dentist yeah bless the dentist um so yeah so i was okay with it because it felt right yeah um, like it wasn't an extra burden on you and mm-hmm. you weren't like breaking it felt like down I could do being something. like I, yeah. yeah, like this was like, why am I have to have the burden of this? Like you enjoyed it. Exactly. And yeah. then the next two weeks to follow, I was driving to Cleveland almost every day in, which is about two and a half hours from our house. I would just like relieve my dad so he can work. Cause he had to work a little bit. I mean, he has a practice, he had to go. So it was me and I would drive to Cleveland and I'd sleep overnight. And then he would take the next day off work and come and back and forth. And we just watched her die in yeah. two weeks. We thought her liver was like not handling the medication right, but that should bounce back. And it had been pushed too far. The treatment had gone too far. Yeah. But it was our only option. The cancer was going to kill her anyways. Yeah. Like it wasn't like, oh, this was a mistake and it could have, she could be here today. Like it was, she was dying. She was dying. And my, cause my dad, um, was conflicted with that a little bit. Like, should I not have, you know, let her do this trial? And the doctor just said, Bob, she was probably going to die within six months after the day she did die yeah if she hadn't done the treatment and it was probably gonna be more painful and more drawn out so whatever you know there's no right answer but we did what we had to do yeah it's not that it was like oh yeah yeah. and we just watched her die and it was me and her and we always said like it's you and me baby it's you and me baby that's what we were because it was her and i and the one morning just days before she died she started to get confused her kidneys started to fail like she wasn't sure what was going on she was just a confused yeah Sweet little lady. She was all jaundiced and just looked like a skeleton. She looked dead. Yeah, she, she started to look bad. Like, she, that was the first time you guys really that saw was her. It. In a, and yeah, it yeah. was bad. And um, But the one morning, she woke up and was completely lucid. She was like, honey. Yeah, because that's like the... Like the that's they it. They were so much better right before they go. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, honey. I was like, what? And she said, I think I'm dying. I yeah. said, and I, what do you, I said, I know, mom. I know. And, and this is what will get me because... I don't know what she was looking for, but I just told her, like, I know. Yeah. And it's okay. And she's like, I'm not, I don't want to. She's like, I don't want to leave you. And I just said, I know, but it's you're going to. We know, and it's okay. And it had been so rainy, and the sun started peeking out. And I swear, like, it sounds like I'm making this up, but she just started singing, You Are My Sunshine. Yeah. And she's laying in the hospital bed, and I know she's dying. And she just said, Come lay with me. And I laid there with her. And she sang, you are my sunshine. And then she started singing the subtle come out tomorrow from Annie, my mother. She's like, the, and she went yeah, and she sang. So it was so much character. And I was just crying. I'm like, what are you doing? And she's yeah. like, and she said, the sun is out. <laughs> Emily, the sun's out. I'm yeah. singing about it. And I was like, yeah, cause that's what we did. We'd sit at the piano and sing together. That's what we did. When we were yeah. bored, we played the piano and sang. And there she was. And then just days later, we were both, my dad and I were both home that day. We were about to drive to Cleveland on a Saturday and we knew things were going south quick. And the doctor called and was like, you know, Bob to my dad, he said, it's not good. It's probably going to, it's going to be fast. Yeah. And my dad said, okay, should we come? And he said, you know, I walked in this morning and she smiled at me. We're going to try to send her home. Like we could do this. I think yeah. she's going to make it. And Bob was just like, is she though? Like, is she going to make it home? Cause she has a, like a two hour drive or so. And there's like these weird laws of like crossing a body over a state line. Like, do we want her to die in Cleveland? Do we want her to die in transit? Like weird things you don't think you have to think Wait, of. Real? What? What is the? I don't know. I don't know the deets, but I just know like you're not supposed to cross a body over a state line. 
and like if they were like in transit and she died right before there was like there's weird they laws. have to like turn around and go back yeah perhaps oh and bob was like i just don't want to deal with this like should we just all come yeah and he said she can make it and she came home and one of the hardest moments was i was had she seen, ha- i'm sure she was really happy to do this she didn't want to be in the hospital room yeah no, and, no, like, yeah. to be with us in her house and so they just came in with hospice and she was laying there and the worst though was her brother and his wife came and my grandparents had seen her once when she was in the hospital. So they saw that she looked bad, but not as bad as she did. But when they she came saw home. her like it was like a different person, right? Yeah. Like, and I was the only one who had seen her consistently with my dad. And when they pulled in with the ambulance and they took her out, her brother just, and this is one of the hardest things and I'll never forget it. He just collapsed in my driveway. Yeah. Cause he couldn't believe that's what she looked like. And that like she was dying. You yeah. don't know. I prepped them. I'm like, listen, it is bad. She looks bad. You know, this is it. It's very, very real. And they're like, okay, okay, okay. And they saw her and you couldn't have been ready for that. Yeah. You know, but she was there and we put on her favorite Pandora station. We listened to a lot of like Michael Buble and a little bit of like Summer Over the Rainbow and she heard it and she liked it and she was saying her, I love you. She came in and was lucid um, enough to say all that to us. And um, we let her best friend, Stacy Stacy Norris come. Yeah. Who was like our computer teacher? Our computer at teacher. They yeah. they shared a classroom. They're best friends, yeah. and she was the only person we let in who wasn't us or our, our little pod. Yeah. And she came in and said, "Die." She said, "Hi, BFF." So that's what they called each other. And she went, "BFF, you're here." My yeah. mom said to her, and they just cried. And Stacy was so strong. She's like, she just kept it together somehow, and it was so beautiful because I just know my best friends how much I would want them to be there, yeah. you know, and, and that was sweet. And my mom just told me, she said, cause she, we were the close, you know, she was my world and I was hers. And she just said, I'm sorry, honey. And I said, why are you sorry? She said, I'm leaving you. She said, and I don't want to die. She told me that, yeah. you know, I don't want to. And I was like, I know. And she's like, I don't want to leave you guys. I don't want to leave you. And Steven, like, I don't, I'm not ready. I don't want to leave you. And one of the weirdest things for me was knowing that she wasn't ready to die. Because yeah. they make it seem like, well, because it's oh, like, and she's had it for like, she's had four years to like really come to terms with this. Right. Yeah. And, you know, but it just happened so fast, which is probably a good thing. But she told me she wasn't ready. And, and that was weird for me to see like, I know you're not and we don't want you to, but you are, you know, and the next morning. Um, and this was again, also fast. We went to bed and I woke up. My dad was laying on the couch beside the cot in our living room. And her breathing had changed a little overnight, became more labored, and she was making some strange sounds, but she was alive. And he said, she made it through the night, you know. He said, I'm going to run and get coffee for the family because I know they were up all night too. Yeah. And I'll be right back. The ten- you, Dunkin' Donuts, 10-minute drive. Did you think that she was, did you think you were going to wake up and she was going to be dead? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was so afraid to go downstairs that morning. I was yeah. so afraid. I put on my robe and I was like, I, here I go. But I feel also that my dad would have woken me up. I didn't know what he would have done. Um, but nonetheless, she was there. And I was just like, I love you, mama. I told her, I said, I love you. And she said, you know, she gave me a little I love you. It was barely audible or intelligible. Maybe she didn't. It felt like I love you. It was a response anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Stephen was upstairs, fast asleep. My dad was out of the house. And I just watched her one breath in, one breath out. And she just died holding my hand. And I just said, like, you just couldn't do this without me either, huh? Yeah. You know? And that's the first thing I could think of. Like, you couldn't even do this without me. It's you and me, right? And I didn't know what to do because I'm just, I mean, you're just laying there. She's just, you're just laying there with your dead parent alone. Yeah. You know? And I'm just like, that was so much. I knew this was such a thing. It was such a pivotal, yeah. poignant moment in my life. 
I knew I was so, I was so aware of the fact that like we were alone together and she died mm-hmm. and all my cats came around all five of them and just sat by the bed didn't touch her didn't go near her just sat and they like were crawling all over her always they loved her yeah yeah just sat and so I just went upstairs and just opened Steven's bedroom door he was asleep and he was like what and I just lost it and he was like okay and we just like hugged each other and cried I felt like I just felt like we were so small and so young I just felt like we shrunk down to, ch- to children yeah and my brother um he was 25 at the time 24 25 um and he's so tall and big and burly and manly and, yeah, and cute. He's very tall. He's such a man, you know, yeah. and like he's just like strong and, and solid. And and he was nothing. It was like he was like, I, I, you know, yeah. we were nothing like children. Yeah. And yeah. so we went down and just we didn't know what to do. Yeah. I mean, what do, do you, you do? Like, what, do we sit with her? Do we know like, what do we do? Yeah, so we do just you not look at her? Do you look at what yeah. do you do? Yeah. And so like we just held hands and we sat. And your family is all staying at your home or no? No, they were at my grandma's. OK. OK. Which is like Which not is, far. No, five minutes that, away. Yeah. It's yeah. three miles. And so we just sat on the floor because we don't want to do anything without my dad being there. We know what to do. And he just walked in the door with his tray of Dunkin' Donuts and looked at us. And he's like, you're kidding. He's like, I was gone 10 minutes. Yeah. No. You know, and one of the another one of the most like poignant moments of my life was watching him break down. I've never seen my dad cry. He's pretty um, I don't want to say cold, but a little bit. You know, he's very like level headed and non-emotional and kind of. I don't know. I got a lot of that from him. We're similar in that way in a lot of aspects. I got all my emotions. Like, I learned from her. Yeah. You know, innately I was not. And I learned all that from her. My, my soft heart came from her as, like, a gift that I learned. Um, but, and he just said, like, he's like, get, go. And he made us leave. And he sat there and cried. And I heard him yell, why? We don't, why? Why did you, why did you leave me? Like, I, I pretty much, like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. You know, and the three of us, he like, we came back down. And the three of us just stood there and cried with our dad. Yeah. You know, and then that was it. And then the whirlwind to follow was like a whole other thing. Yeah. But that was that. And did, what was, like, what did you, what did you, I mean, what were the feelings? I mean, I'm sure you can't even describe it, but. You know, I can't describe it because I've, I've written it so many times because for me, the, the process of writing that, you know, has been just so important for me is I felt so alone. I just felt like something just left. And there's this like kind of like thing of lonely around me. And I just never thought that was going to get better. Even when like my family was there, I was like, something is gone. I am alone. Alone. I felt so, so lonely. Even with, even with two people like anybody, but even like two people that are like experiencing the exact same thing that you are, let alone like your grandparents and you're like her brother and her, you know what I mean? Like, and it's, I think yeah. it's because I was there when she died because yeah. that's when it set in. Yeah. When that happened, I was like, I'm alone. Because the only presence you were, that was technically with me was you were, her. Yeah, and then you, she yeah. wasn't. And I was like, this, I'm by myself. And that's how I felt like such a child because it's like, I'm like at the grocery store and you can't find your mom. Yeah. Right? That was me. I was just like, I'm, I just looked around and be like, I'm alone. And that didn't go away. Oh God. And sometimes I still feel it and it's so hard and I'm so bad at talking about it with people who love me. I'm so bad at that. Yeah. Um, But sometimes I just feel that I feel that moment of I'm completely alone. Alone. And I know I'm not like I'm, I'm, I'm so, um, you know, sensible in, in the fact that like I'm aware that I'm not, and I'm aware that there's a lot of love around me, but you can't just shake that feeling sometimes. You know, it comes yeah. back very, very fast. Are there things yeah. that like trigger it or is it just like random? 
Like um, random times. No, there's never like a, I know this is going to be hard for me. I'd say one of the worst moments was last year. I was in um, an antique shop with my friends. We were in Texas and just for fun, we're like, oh, let's go in one. And they're like, oh, look at this. It's vintage. And I was like, no, it's not. I was like, that is a fake. And they're like, how can you tell? It gets dirty. And there's like, you know, it looks good. And yeah. I'm like, that's not real. And I just felt like she was there. And I wanted to touch everything and look at it and figure out what was what was true and what wasn't and yeah. where it was and what year it was made and who maybe it belonged to. And I just started sobbing, which I don't do often. Yeah. And my friends were just like, what's happening? And I said, this is just so us. You know, yeah. there's just moments where I just know they are so us and those are overwhelming, but beautiful. It's yeah. like a happy, sad, you know, but sometimes you just I just miss her, you know, and then I panic. Something I think about a lot. And this has been an aftermath thing that's forever going to be hard is just the finality of it all in the immensity of the future because she will never be back. Yeah. And that is hard to actually think about. I know it and I'm always aware that I don't have a mother and like that's okay and I could do that. But if I just sit and actually just try to wrap my brain around the fact that, oh my God, I will actually never have this woman back. I will lose it. So I just try not to let myself go there, which I don't know yeah. if that's healthy or not. Um, but if I'm happy, I'm, I'm, I'm okay just not going there unless I feel like I need to visit that. Yeah. You know, but the finality of it is very, very, um, it just sounds, it feels it's hopeless. It's still hard. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like I don't actually know how I'm going to go on, but nonetheless, it's been years and I have gone on. Yeah. And that's what gives me hope. Like, oh, I have done it, so I can do it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So then what, ha like once she's gone and it's yeah. like, you have the funeral. I remember it was private. Like you guys didn't we really did not, have, oh yeah. Yeah, you she didn't even nothing. have a wake. Like mm -hmm. I don't, like I couldn't have even come and like Nobody. seen her if I wanted to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She, that was her. She didn't want yeah, that. Yeah. She didn't want that at all. And um, you guys buried her and then. And then, so what was hard is the day she died, the day after, no, she died on a Sunday. So she came home a Saturday and died a Sunday. Stephen had to go back to start a second year of law school that day. And yeah. so he did. We're like, go. And you can come back for our small viewing with just us. And that's it. Like, you need to go. We could do this. And so it was me in that house with my dad. And it was so hard. And um, I think one of the most important things about that process that I visit a lot, and you're aware of this, and I don't want to put, you know, make anybody feel bad or anything. But I was dating somebody at the time who was very, very not present through all of that. And I would ask him to come sit with me when I knew she was dying. And he just wouldn't. I'm yeah. busy. I can't. I love you, but I can't. And I'm like, okay. Like, I don't want flowers. I don't want a gift. I don't want anything. Just, yeah, just please come, just come stare at me yeah. for a little bit. I don't care. Yeah. Like, let's watch a movie. Let's watch Disney movies. You know what I mean? And he wouldn't. And then when she died, he showed up like way later in the day and just like wasn't, again, wasn't just, a good yeah. presence for me. And I just felt more alone. I'm like, you are supposed to love me through this. And I feel more alone. This is worse, you know? Yeah. But I wouldn't break up with him because I'm like... I can't lose somebody else. Like I can't push yeah, somebody away. Yeah. I mean, I was afraid to, I should have, but I was afraid. And two weeks later, as plus, I'm like, like, what is your relationship? Like what, who fucking cares? Right. Like at that point, it's like, who fucking cares about your relationship? You're like, right. Like there's I have bigger him, fish to fry quite right. literally, you know, and like, like he'd still tell me he loved me when I needed to hear it. And that was very comforting. Yeah. Um, those words were helpful. And I was like, whatever. So he's, at least he loves me. Yeah. At least he'll tell me that. Cause my mom and I texted or talked every single day. At least there's somebody in the morning to say, good morning. I love you. Yeah. No, I'm not going to come try to hang out with you and help you, but I do love you. And I was like, Oh, I could, like, I could something. deal with that. Yeah. For now. And also, like, yeah, that's enough like, for now. Yeah. And um, again, like more, like more yeah. important things to deal right. with. Yeah. So I'm just like dealing with this and like sitting at home crying a lot. 
going to my grandparents every day just to sit with them. We can't talk about it all day because what are you going to do? Yeah. You know, and my dad's going to work and like, you know, we're just dealing with the factual stuff of it. Like, okay, we were all on her insurance. Literally the trivial things that you have to deal with. I got to help with, which was helpful. But then two weeks later, um, they did this beautiful, beautiful, um, like kind of, I don't know what to call it because it wasn't like a church service because we weren't very religious. Um, but it was at a church. It was just like a thing for my mom where the whole school came, all the faculty, and they talked. And my boyfriend was supposed to come with me and instead he just broke up with me that day. Because he's like, like oh. he's like, uh, like, I don't know how to do this. Like, I, I feel like I can't be there for you. And I was like, I'm asking you to come sit with me. I'm asking you just to be present for me. I don't want anything from you. He's like, yeah, I feel like I just like, I'm not doing enough. I'm like, like kind of like, correct. You're like, yeah, it's like, you're not you're doing nothing. Yeah. I'm like, but I'm not asking for much. And yeah, like he, literally just be present. Like, the, right. Yeah. And as like, you should be. Cause don't you want to see me if I'm your girlfriend? Right. Like, yeah. Dead parent or not. Like, do you want to hang out? Yeah, Like, hi. Hi. Hello. And so he was just like, yeah, no, like I can't do this. Yeah. Like I know that I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. You deserve better. And you were probably like, bye. Fuck yes, like, I yeah, do. Like, you were just like, bye, right? right. Like, but I, mean, I actually lost my shit. And I was like, I can't lose somebody else right now. Even he was, even though he was shitty, I knew that. Yeah. But like, I didn't see it at that point. I'm like, well, another one bites the dust. I'm so fucking alone. Yeah. And I literally walked out of class because I was taking a summer science class for grad school. And I left class because I was just weeping. My professor was like, don't. Like, please, please leave. Yeah. Like, this is not great. <laughs> She's like, you like, go home. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. She did. She was like, can you go home? <laughs> like, you're crying and I'm trying to teach, like, she microbiology. Like, please leave. Yeah. I, like, walked in the room I'm and she just. Sorry. She did. So she was like. She just please. literally, like, looked at me and was like, no, and was go. Like, get, like, yeah, like, like no, get it out. It wasn't a conversation. <laughs> yeah. It was like, go. Get out. So, like, I'm in my car sobbing. <laughs> And I'm like, my science teacher doesn't even want me. Oh my like, God. oh, Emily, like, get it together. Couldn't. Yeah, couldn't do couldn't. it. Couldn't. Felt like my world was ending. Yeah. And it was just like waves. I like, don't remember driving. I, so I called my yeah. best friend, Jenna. You obviously know Jenna. And I was like, hey, so Eric just broke up with me. <laughs> and my teacher asked me to leave. And she was like, fuck, man. And she like yeah. wasn't working then. Again, like we were on summer break. Like trying to get our lives together. And she's like, come over. Yeah. So I just drove straight there. And she's like, okay. I will keep you. And her mom yeah. came home and hugged me and just like held me. and was like, we are going to be okay. And the three of us drove to my house that night. So I texted my dad and he's like, Hey, like the shit with mom's insurance is like, you know, not great. I'm trying to figure things out. Like this is kind of like a mess. And I'm like, well, Eric just broke up with me. So that's cool. <laughs> that's like the tech. It was so passive aggressive. Yeah, it was. And my dad, it was. And my dad was like, like shit. No, he panicked. He's like, what do we do? And so Jenna and her mom like took me to my house that night and we packed bags and my dad just like hugged me in the driveway, which like, we don't do much. We're not very yeah. lovey huggy um, with my dad. And he like, kissed my forehead and was like, I don't know how to do this. I'm so sorry. He's like, I'm so sorry. Like, what do we do? Mom's yeah. not here. And your yeah. boyfriend is dumb. And your you. mother did like every like she, she like was perfect. she did everything. Yeah, like she, was, like, yeah. yeah, like she was our emotional support. True. And my dad's yeah. aware of that. She yeah. was our emotional support, especially when like boyfriend dumps daughter. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Jenna was just especially like, so right. And Jenna was just like, Bob, like, we're going to take her like we're going to keep her. And he was like, OK. And I was like, Dad, like, I 
I'm okay with that. And it wasn't like weird. It wasn't like he wasn't trying to help. He's like, cause like I will do anything for you. Like, what do we do? Yeah. But I have no idea what to do. And yeah. I was like, I'm going to go to Jenna's and we packed my bags and I <laughs> lived with her for two weeks. I slept in her bed with her. Yeah. And like we babysat her little sister all day. And when my teacher would have me, I went to class. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Like when you were allowed back <laughs> in class. When I wasn't crying. Literally will not. I will laugh. When you leave here, I will literally be laughing to myself about that because that was fucking hilarious. Because it happened. Yeah. Um, she's like, you have to leave. She's like, please go. Yeah. Like, please. So like, I just like straight up moved in with Jenna. Yeah. And was like. Was that comforting to know that mm-hmm. you had people? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I slept with her in her bed every night and like it helped me. Yeah. I felt so loved because what I felt like was no matter what happens in my life, this woman will be here. Like mm-hmm. my Jenna and then Casey and um Anne came around, my other two best friends when able. Um they were both not living at home at the time. But then Casey was eventually because she also like saved my ass in yeah. the near future. My friends kept me. They legitimately kept me. Like at night, if they knew I was alone, like Casey would text me and be like, Hi, you're coming to sit on my couch with me. Like, don't care. Yeah. Like, like what are she'd be like, Hey, what are we doing tonight? And my friends just picked me up. And just carried me through the year. They did. I was coddled. I was like, I was babied. And at first I was like, oh, like this isn't enough. Like, what am I going to do? Like, I can't live like this. Like, yeah, I'm somebody's child. Like, I'm just like, they're just, I'm their baby. But I like, I was like kind of annoyed by it. I was like, this is like pathetic. And I could do this by myself. And what I learned years later is I couldn't. I could not have done that alone. And the hardest part of all of this, and I've said this a lot of times, I write about this a lot. And I think this is the biggest takeaway from losing somebody when you face a tragedy in your life. And one of my, one of my good friends, like both of his parents died within a very, very short time. And he's just, I don't know how he even lives. He's perfect. He's so amazing. And he told me the day my mom died, he said, here's, here's how it is. People will forget. People will stop coming around. Your world feels sad. Your life is going to feel like the absence of your mother. A lot of the time, and even the people who loved her so much, her friends and your best friends and all that, it isn't their life. Yeah. You know, and they will stop coming around all the time. And he pretty much just said, like, be ready for that. And I was like, okay. He's like, for the people who you can't trust and lean on, let them go. Yeah. And the ones you can, like, keep them because you'll need them. And I was like, I don't get it. Like, everybody's just, like, loving me and caring for me. Like, that's, I'm okay. And then after, like, a year it just stopped and like the first Christmas after she died everyone was like are you okay Merry Christmas I love you do you need to come eat with my family it's okay and I was like no like I'm with my family I'm okay thank you love you yeah and when things started to get normal people stopped doing that and I was like well I'm at a holiday my mom's not here to give me presents and nobody cares yeah I was like help like people are forgetting and that scared me that people forgetting her and god Chris I just like spiraled it was so bad my dad saw it. My brother saw it. I was literally like, I'm like, I sound, I was not an alcoholic. This makes it sound like I was like. Alcoholism is a different thing. It's, it's different. a different yes. thing than this. Okay. Yes. And I don't know how to say that delicately, but I was just like going out and drinking constantly. Yeah. I was welcoming men into my life that had no business being there and people saw it and like, they would try to be like, Hey, like, is this a good idea? Yeah. And I'd be like, yeah, it's fine. And you were like, I'm living my goddamn life right now. I'm doing what I love. Yeah, do what do what you love. And I didn't love it, okay? Yeah. But I thought I did. I was filling voids because nobody was around. And like, I was literally just like shacking it up with the worst kind of guy because he recognized that like, 
I was hurting. And he, yeah. it wasn't like he was preying on me. It wasn't as such. But like if like at the holidays, I had a hard time sleeping at my house. It's still hard for me to be in my house. It always will be. That's okay. Um, and he'd be like, well, just stay at my house. Like you have a place to come. Like it's okay. And that is, I was like, thank God. Like someone will like at least like be with me, be with me and let me escape and help me escape. But it was so unhealthy how I was acting. Yeah. And finally, like, I just remember, I think it was New Year's Day. I walked into my house um, and my brother looked at me and I just started crying. And he was like, we don't know how to help you. And he's like, you are not okay." He's like, and you kept us together. You did that. You know, he's like, you helped us. So what are you doing? You know, he's like, you are not okay. I know you miss her. He's like, let's talk about it. Like, let's Mm -hmm. fix it. And I just cried and I was like, I'm so fucked up. I felt it. I felt fucked up. I felt so damaged and I hate that. But I just was like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. You know, I was like, how do we do this? He's like, I don't know, but we will. You know, he's like, we're going to be okay. I just felt alone. I felt like people didn't care and people didn't miss her as much as I did because I didn't. And that's okay. And like they um, shouldn't. Correct. Right. (laughs) Correct. Yeah. Chris, like that's it. And I was just like, I didn't know what to do without that, though. I didn't know what to do without everybody recognizing that moments could be really hard for me. Yeah. Because, and I didn't expect them to. I just took it for granted when also, they yeah, did. They, you got used to it. Is I the got other used thing. to yeah. it. I didn't think I was getting that much help. I thought my friends were just being my friends. Yeah. You know? Well, it's also, I feel like it's also something where like you were, like they were propping you up when you needed to have crutches and then it was like. They're gone. Not, I mean, not to liken this to your profession of physical therapy, but. Please do. But like literally like okay like now you need to take the crutches off and you need to be able to walk on your own two feet because your cast is gone and like your foot is okay exactly you know what i mean like yeah right it was very rare when i got to a breaking point yeah because nobody let me yeah so then when those moments came the second year because the first I mean, year or was like, like oh you're on pain medication because your back like was broken but like now it's not it, so like stop taking pain medication right like yeah. do something yeah. for yourself you know what i mean yeah and that's what happened the first year without her was tragic because I lost her. But everyone is around you. Not the hardest year. Yeah. It was not the hardest part of my life. The second year was harder? That was the hardest part of my life. In like, To date. To, to date. date. Oh my God, yes. To date. Like it not was, watching your mother die. No. Was not the hardest. Yeah. No, that was like the saddest thing of my yeah, life. But it was, yeah. And, um, but it just felt like there was so much. I was so overwhelmed with things to do that it was, it all felt manageable. And that's weird. Um, it just, I felt like I could handle it. Cause there was enough people around and enough things that like at Christmas time, someone needed to decorate my house. Cause my mom did. Yeah. And I was like, got it. Like I could keep up. I yeah. felt that way. I'm like, I can keep up and I could do this and I could help. And like, you know, when I go visit Steven, his bed's not made. Cause my mom like cleaned his sheets and did shit. Yeah. Cause she was the best. I'm like, I could do it. Like, I'm like, Steven, get, get your, get your life together. Clean. Do you know what I mean? Like mom would be yelling at you. I will too. And that was good for me. Yeah. Um, and I just felt busy and like I had stuff to do. And so my dad and I kind of did it together and it felt okay. It felt manageable until it just a year later, it didn't. Because yeah. I felt like my dad started to move on. Um, and Stephen was busy. Didn't Wasn't moving on, but was busier than I was. And um, it just stopped consuming my friends' lives. And I have the three best friends in the entire world. And they are th- to this day, if I called them like, hey, I'm not OK today, they will show up and they will do whatever they can for me. But it just stopped consuming their lives. Well, so, yeah, like, they being needed like, to hey, like, is Emily OK today? Yeah. Like they it's needed Tuesday. to live their lives again. Right. Yeah. Like they had to do sh- they had the shit to do, you know, but like I was just like, wow, 
I'm now I'm by myself. Yeah. Like it's bad. Alone. I like, again, am like alone. alone. Yeah. And that's how I felt. And that's why like I was just like, I need someone, anyone to want to be around me and even just distract me. Like I wasn't like really crying over it. I did sometimes. Like sometimes when I was alone. I would just start weeping. Yeah. I cried more the first year. Well, no, but, but you, I was yeah, okay. Yeah, because it's like, yeah, no, you yeah. cry it out and then you're like not, like right. it's done. But yeah. the next year it was more just like, I'm so alone and I don't know how I'm going to have a future or what I'm going to do. Yeah. And it was so just like, I felt suffocated of like loneliness. I was like, I'm so by myself and I don't know how to get out of this. You know, until Stephen was like, hey. Like, like you like have bitch, a problem. Yeah. Like, interven- like intervention. Exactly. It, yeah. it felt that way, but it was just he and I in our well, kitchen. No, yes. Yeah. No, but like, no, but he so... was like, you need to really like look yeah, at yourself. Yeah. It felt so intense and dramatic and like cathartic. Did you and... know when he's like you, what mm-hmm. the fuck is wrong with you? Were you like, I don't know. And like, I know it's bad. Yes. Or were you like, no. what are you talking about? Mm-mm. No, no, no. I said exactly what you said. I was like, I know, but I don't know what to do. I was like, I just feel this way. I'm just acting this way. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know why. Or how or what to do. And like he's like, so me neither. Yeah. But he's like, you've done this. He's like, you are literally like tougher and have like your shit together more than the rest of us. You know, but I think I just felt like I was the only one ca- trying to keep her spirit alive. Yeah. I just, like everybody was That's so what busy. I was, I was literally about to say that to you is that you feel like you feel alone because you feel like you're the only person like honoring her. Yeah. yeah. And I really did. I felt like like Steve was so busy because he wasn't living in our house and wasn't around. And he was in school. Yeah. And like. My dad literally started moving on, which he had to. And there's so, I don't want to like, get too into it. And I, I never, there's no right and wrong. They say there's no right and way wrong to handle these things. Debatable. I think there's ways to do things delicately and gracefully. Um, that's just how I feel. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, I He felt, couldn't live in like misery. Right. But I felt like when the holidays did start to come around again and things were coming back the second time around, nobody cared. He wasn't like, all right, like, let's do this again. Like, I'll get the decorations down and help you get this shit together again. Like, we're going to keep doing this. It was like, oh, like, the house isn't decorated. Or like, oh, nobody's dusted the house. Like, and I, like at first, I kept doing it because we would, like, talk about it and try to do it together. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, is this me? Like, am I the one who's going to, like... Am I, like, the maid now? Yeah. Yeah, and, like, am I the only one who remembers what she was like and what she did for us? Yeah. And that's how I felt. And I made that known, and I think that was important for all of us to realize. And I told Stephen that. I was like, I feel like I'm the only one trying. And I feel like I'm the only one who's sad that, like, things aren't the same. And he's like, but like, we realize they're not going to be the same, blah, blah, blah. But I just feel like there were things that needed to be honored about her that weren't being honored. Yeah. Um, and I just felt like, how am I going to do this alone? And I knew I couldn't. And I knew probably I would have to let go. Of a lot of that stuff. Of a lot of it. Yeah. But that was how... You know, like, yeah. how do you do that? Yeah. And that just felt like mean to her. I'm like, I feel like sometimes like I was the only person who stood up for her sometimes. Um, and sometimes like she stood up for herself and so many things that she felt strongly about. And I'm like, well, she's dead. And there are things that I know she feels strongly about in our lives and things that are so important to her. So I'm going to speak up for her. Yeah. I said, I will do it. I will fight for her now. You know, and there were just things that I felt like I needed to. You know, be there for her. I just felt like I needed to be there for her. Yeah, and like represent. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you get out? Like what happened once once you get your little intervention from your brother? What? How do you get out of doing that stuff? Yeah, so it came down to, this is crazy, um, literally alone time. I started hanging out by myself yeah. a lot. 
I spent most nights on my couch alone, mostly like a lot of times, like it started off with just like watching Netflix and I was okay with that. Yeah. Um, Which is very common for me. Yeah. Yeah. Common for me. I'll say Bless the flicks. I love it. Um, So I started doing that, you know, you know. Yeah. Um, So I was just alone. I started being alone. Yeah. And at first it was like hard and scary and I felt desperate to like reach for my phone and reach for things. And I've never been like addicted to my phone, but I felt during these times at first I was like, like, hey, like what's everybody I mean, it's the easiest escape is to just get on your cell phone and like do. Yeah. So I had to stop doing that. Um, And I really just started to pick up a practice of living more mindfully and becoming more observant. And, like, I would go for walks and just, like, really fucking stare at a tree. I'm not kidding. And be like, that is perfect. That's a tree. I'm like, and that tree is stunning. And it's beautiful. Yes. That's what my mom did when she was alive. Yeah. When she She was was. alive, we would go for walks. She loved nature. And she would start sobbing. And I'm like, why are you crying? She was like, that tree. (laughs) And I was like, what? (laughs) You were like, like, hello. Are you okay? Like, yeah. But that's what she did. Yeah. She would start crying. Yes. She would do that. She did. She did. Yes. Like, she loved it. Um. I I say this all the time and obviously I have not experienced what you have and I always say like people need to we were just talking about it literally this morning and yesterday like people need to feel alone and feel what that is like and be okay feeling that way like being alone should cannot be a scary thing to you right correct that is the most true thing and that is my biggest advice because now this far out people are always asking me like because through all of it even when I was at my lowest like I just fucking smiled through it yeah that's what I do that's what I've always done like I just smile I have nice teeth I show them the people and they assume I'm fine yeah right and that's what I've done but um it just turned into that I was I just couldn't match that and it wasn't until I was by myself that I was able to let like my spirit connect with like what my stupid face was doing yeah and I was able to just learn that I'm like I love myself and there were so many good things going on in my mind that I was able to capitalize on I was able to write and create and breathe and there was just so much more for me to do that I didn't realize um because I hadn't taken the time to try to be alone and see what I could do yeah um and it's that stupid thing, like, you can't love anybody until you love yourself. And that's so true. Yeah. Because people were getting very fragmented, broken pieces of me. And I, like, didn't even know what I wanted out of life. I felt like until I hung out alone, I didn't know what my standards were for relationships, for life, my goals. And it turns out that they're very vague. I just want to live and be free and whatever the fuck happens, happens. But I didn't know I wanted that. Yeah. I didn't know. I had no idea what I actually wanted until I started to be alone and understand what type of people I needed, what type of personalities were right for me. Um, I just learned how to take care of myself and what people could help me do so because I was really, really good alone Yeah. Um, until I started recognizing people that, that could just help with that and capitalize on that and, and just make me feel even fuller than I already do because those people exist. Yeah. But I was totally picking the wrong ones because I didn't fucking know what I wanted. I had no clue what so you're by yourself you're mm-hmm. alone you're alone. figuring all of that stuff out yeah and then bless up right i started blessing yeah um this we've been saying this i don't know why you started saying this and i said it was really stupid but yeah now chris I, was like she's like because I, I say like bless up so ironically because i think it's hilarious like it the is bless, funny. the hashtag bless is my favorite it's so funny I don't know. I think it's ironic. I'm like, bless up. Yeah, People bless up. It. We just started. Like, and what? Now like, what's we just, blessing? We, we don't know. We don't know. But we, yeah, we started that. And so now, like, I mean, and then the thing, like, things just got better from there, or? Things just got better from there. Um, because there's so many things that, like, 
my mom was very, very artistic and artsy. Yes. And like I was a dancer growing up and I sang and I acted most of that with you. Yeah. Um, and I always had that from her and I just didn't know what. I thought my calling was probably um, dancing until I realized like I didn't want to. Oh, hold on. You thought that your calling was. Yeah. So I always thought that my calling was like probably dancing or singing or something with music, which is still some of the most important things in my life. I cry during any live performance ever because I'm so proud of them. Yeah. Like I went to a concert last night and all I was thinking was this is such a good moment for this band. That's literally what I think in my head when I see a show. And when I'm at a musical and I see a curtain call, I'm like, I'm like, this is the this best is so moment great of for their them. life. This is so great for them. That is, I swear, it's crazy and I'm not lying. That is where I am and that's what I think of. But that's kind of what music has turned into for me, just like an emotional experience and not necessarily what I do. But I started writing um, and I just started to meet people and connect with people. And what I realized, what's what's come to me now and what I love and what I work on is just connecting with other humans and things and even music and forming like marriages with so many things. Yeah. And I meet people and through my writing and through any publication or just my stupid website or just an Instagram photo, people send me stories all the time. Yeah. I know about more people's dead mothers than you would ever imagine in different countries. I've had so many people reach out and I'm like, God, like, am I the person to be giving advice? But I'm like, no, I can because I yeah. did this. Yeah. Like, I did this. And it's so much fun for me to get to meet different spirits and different souls and just how people are dealing with things. And my life now is just this, like, huge string of, of human connections. And to me, I think that's the most important thing. And I'm really trying to take on um, a more minimalistic lifestyle and that – um like becoming vegan and literally trying to get rid of possessions, which is so hard. Very hard. So hard. Oh, couldn't do it. It's so hard, Chris. But, you know, I'm just trying really hard yeah. not to give my life things but don't it doesn't get rid of, need. But also, like, don't get rid of certain things because your mom would not be happy about that. Correct. I know. Um, but. Just saying. Not to. No, like, you're so right. Not to bring her into this. But, no. like, cherish the things that you have. Like, and I do. That some of those things that she walked around the house and was like, this is where we got this from. Like, do not get oh, rid of that stuff. Bob Perot has been warned. And if you do, like, give it to me. I will. Because no. I will take it. That will all be kept in a sense. Do um, you, yeah. Do you know that, like, when. La I don't know if you know this, but Lady Gaga spent, like, a very large amount of money on some of Michael Jackson's things. I do know And this. she said, like, I just would not allow it to be anywhere else other than, you know what I mean? She was right. like, these things needed to be saved. And like, right. I don't care how much like she, cause her father handles her money. And she said like, she called her dad and was like, there's going to be a lot of money taken out of my like accounts. And like, get ready. it's real. It's not like no one's stealing my money. Right. Like, there's not like cyber hacking going on. Like I'm about I'm to make a really this. big purchase, like goodbye and hung up the phone. Like what might have like, like, and right. she spent, a, I'm thinking, a multiple millions of dollars on some of oh, his at clothing least, items. At least. And I was like, that is one of the most beautiful things I think I have ever heard in my entire life. Right. And she like saves them and preserves them in this warehouse that she has all of her costumes in. And I was like, uh, uh, I don't know. That's well, no. All. But like, that's uh, so how I feel about your mother's no. things in your house that like no one should ever get rid of. There is like such a happy medium with that yeah. because I feel that way. But then um, my grandma and I had a really long talk because like obviously with all this fucking self-reflection like I've read everything and I've heard other people's stories and I pick and choose what I want to encompass in my own life um but what I read that I really loved and again I think there's a happy medium I think there's an extreme minimalist and I think there's an extreme like I'm going to keep every object ever I think there's a medium um but what I learned is that over time as a culture we have become equating things to people and objects to people and objects to memories and all those things, the people and the memories and the voices 
we have those. I knew her. Yeah. I knew her much, much better than the antique croc sitting in our living room. I had her. Yeah. We had an item, but I had her. And I think that it was just human nature to do what we have done and to pick something us and up and be like, this was her. She held it. She used it. She loved it. Or she made it. All of her art I am obviously keeping because she's fucking amazing. Yeah. So and also like, no, yeah. Like all her stained glass is mine and her paintings are so good. Um, but the stuff are, they're not her. And that was a huge thing for me because we have so much stuff. Yeah. And my grandma is the same way. Like we keep so much stuff, all the stuff from her mom who passed. She's like, oh, but it was my mom's. What if I use it once? And we both took together on separate occasions, though, had this like moment of realizing that objects aren't people. And one day I called her and I'm like, you know, grandma, I've been reading and I think this. And she said, same. My grandma was like, I've been doing the same thing. Like, we can't do this to ourselves. Yeah. We can't keep all this stuff. Um, and again, there's there's a place where it's okay. Yeah. There's a lot of things oh, no, no, I'm there, not going to get I will, rid of. I will have heavy pushback on this because I'm like, all yeah. of her clothing you should never get rid of. Like, I don't know. Right. And there's I, so much of it that I'm like, you need to just keep it forever. I and I got rid of and tons. I know that that's horrible and it's, there's just, uh, whatever, but it's like, I, that, those things yeah. to me are so special. Right. Need, like, more, oh. And I was there and like, but like, do you know what I wore? Like David and I, um, my boyfriend and I went somewhere recently and I put on this stupid cat button up. That was my mom's. It was from, um, where was it from? American Apparel. And it's just like this sheer button up blouse that's giant. It's so big. It has cats all over it. I will keep that's that amazing. until the day. I will like yes. bury me in that. Yeah. You know? Honestly. Like those are the things that I'm like. But those are things I got from her. Like, I am, like, a crazy cat person as well. And I speak to them like they're humans. And, like, so, like, the shirt. Like, I pet the shirt. So, I'm like, oh, it's cats. It was my mom's. Those are the things I will keep forever. Yeah. You know? So, I just think there's a time and a place and an object and and a feeling that maybe you just really want to hang on to. And I I get that and agree with that. But some of the rest is, is maybe just holding space of emotions that I'm not, you know, recognizing. Yeah. So... For me, that was just a big turning point in that I have her literally in me. Like, I am hers, and, like, she was mine, and mm-hmm. I have like, I have her voice in my head, you know, and nothing uh, will come close to that, you know? Yeah. I was going to ask you, do you ever feel her? Oh, that's a good question. People have asked me that before. Um, so I'm not very into, like, signs and shit like that. I don't get it. Um, some people do in like, yeah, that makes I'm me feel better. Hu- oh, I'm like I love huge that. into that And stuff. I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. And I think it happens sometimes. Yeah. Um, but if I look hard enough, I could probably find one every day. Yeah. Right. And I think I need to wonder like, maybe the sign's for me, not from her. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe I needed to see this. Yeah. Like maybe this tree's there because like Emily, it's a tree, not because my mom loved trees. Yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> like just <laughs> saying, it's checks, my tree. That checks out. Like that, that tree is mine. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but I have, and this is like, I hate that I agree with this, but I have dreams. I'm two different kinds and I've learned how to, um, separate them at this point. I have dreams about her that are memories and those feel very normal. And I wake up from those and it's fine. And I'm not really sad because it's like a memory of her, right? It's like, you're just thinking of, yeah, I have those all day. Like sometimes I have dreams of us fighting a lot. They're so strange, Um, but like, they're okay. Yeah. But I have dreams where I am very aware that she's dead and she shows up. And usually I can only see her um, and I cry the whole time. And every dream that happens, I'm standing crying and she's talking to me about things going on in my life right now, which again, 
I don't think it's a sign, but they happen. Um, and they're always very relevant. Like things with like my dad's like girlfriends. He, she has shown up while in like, my dad was with a girlfriend and the girlfriend was in my home that I grew up in. And I was and, like, like crying yeah. and my mom showed up and was like, I know she's like, she just said like, there are things going on in your life right now. And I know you're mad and I know you want to like represent me and stand up for me. And she said, all I can tell you is you're doing your job and you can't control them. And I know what's happening and I know you're upset, but keep going. And she told me that. And then, but that happens. How can you not tell me that that is not your mother speaking to you? Right. It is like, (laughs) well, do you know how I know? Like that is your mother. And like, that's what she would say to you. And do you know how that's okay? There's more, it's more and it gets weirder. So first of all, that happens. And when I wake up, I feel lonely and sad Mm -hmm. because I, and that's how, and that's when I'll cry. I can differentiate between them because I wake up and I miss her again. And I'm like, oh, like shit, she was here. When when I dream my memories, I don't feel that way when I wake up. Yeah. And some mornings I wake up and like if I can't remember the dream, I'll say it. I'll be like, I don't know what it was this time, but I miss her. Yeah. So I and, and I'll remember that she was there somewhere. I just don't remember all the details always. And I'm like, oh, she was here. And then even weirder, um, my two of my best friends, um, Jenna and Anne, have had the same dream. And. That's in and in my dream, like if Steven's there, he I'm giving can't, you like a look right now. I know, now. I see it. I, I, I know see they it. can't though. But These like, are signs. These are signs because in like my dream, if Steven's there and it's about him, uh, and I'll start going, Steven, she's here, she's she's with me, and he's like, I can't see her, and he'll start crying. And he'll be like, I don't see her, and and she'll just be like, Emily, like you have this, like you could yeah. do this, and then Jenna, um, I think was the first one to have one. And she called me the next morning and said, Emily, I had a dream. And I was in my office at work and your mom came. And she goes, oh God, I was crying the whole time. Yeah. And she was just talking about me and what I was going through. She was telling like specific things in my life. Like, hey, Emily's dealing with this shit right now, Jenna. You are helping her. Like, I know you are. Keep doing it. And Steven walked in and couldn't see her. Yeah. And Jenna and Jenna's like, Steven, she's here. She's here. And like, we're always so desperately trying to tell people that she's there. And she's like, I know Steven's here. And I know you're helping Emily, but he might need you too. And things like that. Multiple of my friends have had those dreams where my mom shows up. We can't, whoever the dream it is, can't stop crying. And then more people can't see her. And those, we always like wake up and we miss her after. Yeah. Those are my signs and spirits. And I like that. It has to be real. I mean, it, it couldn't happens. be more cut and dry and direct, yeah. in my opinion. And like, I'm like I, crying over here. I now know because you are. It's like so obvious. And when I wake <sighs> up in the morning, I think those are the days when like I should just talk to someone about it, but I won't and I don't. Yeah. And I'm hard headed and like I'm better than I used to be. And the people who are with me now are probably like, no, you're not. Like you talk to me, you know, yeah. and I can't do it. Yeah. I just I think I'm so bad and I'm trying so hard. But it's also hard. It's it's hard. Even like last night, we were talking about doing this interview, and like it's me and you and your mm-hmm. boyfriend David, and mm-hmm. literally like he did not say a thing for probably an hour and a half because like he's never met her and doesn't yes. know anything about her, and like I mean he knows things about her obviously, but it's but, like yeah, no, yeah. he didn't grow up with her being his librarian, and he mm-hmm. didn't do like yeah A B and C with her, and he didn't you know what I mean like right. like he didn't know what her voice sounded like, and like yeah he so. And it's like, and not, it's like that will never, there's right. that will never happen. And he like completely knew that and was right. like, and okay. it's just like me and you will know about this and he will never know about that. And he just knew that. Right. And that's and like, it's like, I feel like it's hard whenever you meet new people oh, because so they hard. don't understand. Yeah. 
you're saying and it. like won't and that's okay right and that was on me and yeah. you just said like the biggest mouthful that i no longer need to explain but i'm like i've had such a fear of the future because there's like pieces of me he will never get because i don't know how to i don't know how to get there and i don't even know how to like explain the level of what she was to me because you can hear the words over and over yeah. again we've read books we've heard stories and you're like oh that's so sad what else? Yeah, you but don't know her. they just yeah, you know? but that's the th- it's and just it just that, feels but that's okay, right? And like, in my, I'm just telling, yeah, yeah, me too. That's okay, and it wasn't for so long for yeah. me, and I was okay. so afraid of that. I was okay. afraid of it. Yeah, but now it's I just I'm okay with it. But I need to get better at still wanting to talk about it because sometimes like when I feel like I just want to cry all day because sometimes something will happen at work like I work on an oncology unit and like people die all the time. Yeah, and like it looks like what I've seen. Yeah. And I come home and I don't want to talk and I just want to cry. But like, I don't want to put that on anybody else. So I just kind of just sit there. But I don't want to talk about it because I don't want to go there and I don't want to try to explain it. And that's hard for me and I need to get better at it. But like, that's where I am right now. I obviously still have problems. Um, but some days things just come back and I feel like it's happening again and I feel lonely and I miss her and scared and I don't know how to talk about it or I just feel like I'll never explain it right. I feel like I'll never explain it in a way where anybody will understand. And so I just don't. And I don't think that's healthy. You know? Yeah, but. Yeah. Like, I need to. I know I need to. Okay. Like, I (laughs) know. I was going to be like, no, but like, you're right. And I recognize. (laughs) And and like, also, like, I'm horrible because I'm recognizing that I need to. I'm not saying I. Yeah. I mean, that's half half the battle. Exactly. And I I Um, say that. Zelda Williams, who's Robin Williams' daughter, she had a really good. Like when she she was on Chelsea Handler's Netflix show and she talked about her father and she took a break from social media for a long time, mainly because people were sending her pictures of her dad, who was like his dead body that they had photoshopped into things. It was disgusting. Like I thought I think about it a lot. And actually, like it's disgusting that there's people in this world that would do something like that. Um, But she had a really, really good interview and she like had a lot of interviews where she said, like, I will never get over his death. And I live with that sadness. And like it's part of me and it's okay do you feel like would you feel i feel like the same way because i feel like that you would relate to that i feel exactly that and it's such a weird thing to say it's okay and that was another thing that was hard for me um to admit that like i'm it's okay that i feel this way like yeah i am actually literally truly okay with it you know i'm okay and this will always be a thing and but it's all right. You know, people are like, oh, I'm so sorry. And when I say it's okay, it is okay. Yeah. My life is not horrible. And this is also an important thing, I think, to just tell you really quickly um, for anybody who can relate to this, this situation at all. I was The next thing I was going to ask you was, was give me three things that like, yeah. what are three nuggets of wisdom that you wish that someone had told you yeah. before? Or like, what yes. are some things, you already gave one, but yeah. like, give me, like, what are some things that people... And um, quickly, I literally just published an article on that thought catalog today saying, if you just lost someone, read this. Yeah. This is what I would tell you. Um, so the one was saying that people don't come around anymore and that was hard. Um, the other thing is, things around you are going to change and your family might change. And I feel that my family has broken a lot and I feel like I very much so miss the family I used to have. Okay. I'm never going to get that back. Like my family of four is gone. It's gone. Okay. And we're barely a family of three. I feel that my brother is my world and I'm okay, but I am okay with that now. I cannot make things what they aren't. Yeah. And I think what you need to realize is you could fix relationships. You need to do what's important to you. Okay. Um, but 
what you had is not going to come back and you need to find a way to make that work for you. And yeah. I have. So I'm telling you, you can because I have. And But at first I was like, I can't believe how broken this is. I can't believe that my best friend, my mother, my world died and I'm left with this brokenness. Yeah. And I'm like, th- like no. I literally would say to, like, to my brother, no, this is not it. This is not okay. This is not our life. But it is. So things change and you will learn to adjust. But I think a big thing for me was realizing it's not going to be the same. And I clung to that for like probably two years of like, but we could try. Like, why would I want to? I can't, you know? So that's a big one. And the last thing, and I think the most important thing, um, it's so funny because um, obviously um, a friend of ours runs the like most magnificent blog, Words of Women. Um, and I follow it like religiously. I'm so in love with it and the messages. And they have a thing you can fill out on her page. And you really just write, answer questions about yourself. It's almost like a survey, like the ones we used to do when we were little, but it's deeper. Um, but the questions are very simple. And like you either want to be really deep. Is it the Proust questionnaire? Obviously. Yeah. It's amazing. Everybody go fill it out. Um, but I did that. And the one question was, when were you your happiest? And I didn't even think I wrote right now. And this was, um, when was I here? Over Christmas. This was past December. Okay. So it's been, it was almost three years at that point. Yeah. Two and a half years. And I wrote it without thinking. And then I just started sobbing and I called my friend Anne and said, I'm like, we need to go to dinner. I need to talk. And so we did. And she's like, what's wrong? I said, I wrote that I was the happiest right now. And she's like, okay. And I said, that seems wrong. And I was freaking out. I'm like, yeah. how could I be my happiest without her? How could this be the best time of my life? Yeah. And I felt so guilty and scared. And I was like, this is bad. Like, should I not be this happy? And I'm like, what should I do? But like, no, I shouldn't go home and cry. And, you know, she just told me, she's like, I don't know what to tell you, but you can't change what you're doing now. If this is your happiest, she's like, thank God. That's great. Yeah. Like, thank God you found your happiest moment. And so part of it, too, was I was just um, 22 when she died. So it'd be really sad if the happiest moment of my life was before then. Yeah, it would be. So that's something, too, that was really hard to come to terms with is it doesn't matter when somebody dies. Um. I, for my case in particular, I have, God willing, a lot, a lot, a lot of life to live. And if the happiest moment of my life was 22 or before, like I'm having a sad future, right? And so I truly am my happiest, most comfortable, most confident. Um, I just feel so on top of the world and it was so hard for me to be okay with that. And I am. Yeah. And so never feel guilty for when you, for for when you get happy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Don't feel bad. Don't apologize. Don't feel that you're not living, you know, up to their expectations. Or like you're, or you're not because you're, you're not because you're happy. You're like forgetting that you're. Yeah. Right. And I feel more her now than I ever have. Yeah. Sometimes I'll tell Steven something and I'll be like, oh, she would have said that. Or like literally the videos I have of me talking to my cats. If I played one of you right now, I will later. You will be like, is that your mother? Like, yeah. Who is that? If yeah. you're not looking, you won't know which one of us in the video. And I feel more her than I ever did. Yeah. And I am my happiest and I am okay with that. And that seems important. So that was, that was like pretty much three. Yeah. It was. Bless it. That's it. Bless up. <laughs> um, give me three fun memories about your mom. Sure. And we'll end. Okay. I love it. I love it. I'm trying to think of one of like uh, that I can think of that I was there for. 
Um, when your dad was in your hot tub and he was like getting out, I think this might have been the last time that I saw her. Remember, he was like getting out of the hot tub and we were like making fun of him, and get, we were just dying he, like, laughing. He puts his bathrobe about on and nothing. walks around the house. Yeah, and she was like, "Bob, we have company here." Like, like she and like in her short little like staccato voice that she used to do right. with your dad. Like, like yeah, like, you that sounded just she, like her. No, yeah, she was like, she's like, "Bob, there's company here," and then she would do her like big cackle laugh, and yeah. like we were just all laughing, and your dad was just laughing, literally pointing and laughing. Like at your pointing dad. and laughing, yeah. which is like the funnest, funnest, yeah. like so much fun. Um, these are so hard. Um, one time, this is just funny because you know my mom, and she was such a character. Yeah. And she called me once when she was carving pumpkins for Halloween, which she was so fucking good at. And like, I was at college and couldn't come home that night, and she was doing it herself. And our one cat, because like, kept getting in the pumpkin. Yeah. And she just called me and goes, This is actual terror. <laughs> terror. <laughs> and I was like, Mom, you're carving pumpkins. Yeah, like, and she yelled that it was, This is actual it was terror. terror. That's the quote. This is actual terror. Yeah. And that was, oh my God, so, so funny to me. Um, so that's a really good one. I would say one of, oh, a, another really good one, maybe not the funniest, but a great one is like, I had like broke up with my first long term, long term boyfriend and was devastated. really upset. Yeah. Oh, because like your life was over at the it, time. That was obviously. The end. Yeah. That duh. was it. How and old were you? What? <laughs> fucking. No, I was like, old. I how was, old? I was 21. 21. I know. I wasn't <laughs> old. So I was 21 and there was like the big. Yeah. The world um, was ending. It was over. I was done. Like Michael Bublé would come on and I'd start weeping because he liked Michael Bublé. My mom was like, oh shit. There goes that <laughs> musical artist. Loved yeah. him. Um, <laughs> like done. But we um were. There was that stupid, like, you know, that giant duck that was floating around the yes, world. It's like the art show. It, it goes, it goes to Pittsburgh all the time. Yeah. And she was like, get up. She's like, I'm like, get we're up. We're going to the, yeah. And I was like, what? And she was like, we're going to see the damn duck. And I was like, why? She's like, because you're going to smile. Yeah. And we're going. And I love that. Oh, and there's another one. This is, am I allowed to talk about like when my mom first knew I was having sex? Yeah. I okay. If you want to. Yeah, I, that's this, fine. There's literally no holds bar on this. Like, okay. We, yeah. This is just funny because... Like, my mom and I didn't really talk about it. Like, we didn't have the yeah. talk. She Which was just like, like yeah. she was a cool mom. She was like, if you're not having sex here in your our house, like, you're having it somewhere. So, like, she was very realistic in that aspect. Yeah. And I was with my boyfriend almost four years. So, it wasn't like, like, she knew. But I didn't know she knew. And we were on vacation once. And literally, I had a yeast infection. I and she did, was like, everyone. Yo. And I had to, like, put the freaking suppository in. Worst. Was panicking never, and crying. Never done it. <laughs> Chris <laughs> was like, I hate those. <laughs> <laughs> they suck. It's like those are the worst. No, they I have no are. idea. I don't have a vagina. Anyway, they're really not that bad. Yeah, but I didn't want to do it. Yeah, like I didn't want to suppository supposit it up. Yeah, and I was like bitching, and I'm like, I'm not doing it. Like I think I was 19 years old. I was like, I'm not doing it, mom. Like help, help. I'm not doing it. And she went, I know for a fact you've had bigger things up there. Do it. And I lost. I was laughing so hard. I'm like, what? And she was like, yeah. oh, Emily. She's like, what how? Do you? She's, she's like, what like, do you think? Also, like, how do you have a yeast infection if it's not because you were having sex? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I was like, it's just really itching. Like, just imagine. That is amazing. Yeah. So that was just like one of my favorite stories. Just, oh, God. I feel like I didn't even pick the best ones. Um, but that no, but one those makes. Are three really good ones. That one makes me laugh. Like, I know for a fact you've had bigger things up there. That's Mother. hilarious. Like, I was like, ew. So salacious I was, Diane. I was literally like, I was yeah. like, ew. Yeah. I'd be like, ew. And she goes like, am I wrong? Like, <laughs> Yeah, and you were like, you're not. You're not wrong. Okay. Bless that. Um, Bless that. I mean, I think that's really it, right? I think we did great. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you so much. Um, it's good to talk about. Sometimes I forget about the real shit. So I yeah. think it's good to like visit it sometimes. And anyone else who's like, 
been there. Yeah. Or like I'm going to be there. Going, Do you yeah. know what I mean? Um, Thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you. I love you more than anything in this whole world. Oh my God, me too. I'm going to cry again. I know. Stop. I am too. <laughs> okay, um, <laughs> if people want to find you, where can they find you? Yeah. Um, I would just always start at my website, emilyperrot.com. Um, P-E-R-R-O-T-T. That's it. emilyperrot.com. You could find me there. My writing, my publications, my social media. Yeah. Go get it. Um, Instagram. Oh. It's like M. Ugh, you don't have sucks. a good one for this. You might need I to don't. change. I want to change it, but I feel like there's so many things there's that it's two, already. It's is, too I, in like, there. I'm too deep. So it's like E-M, M, E-M, yeah, E-M underscore. Per, per like, rot, like P-U and then like a lot of R's. F- P-U, five R's, O-T-T. Yeah, like that's really not conducive I know. to this. I don't know what to do. Um, Go to go to the Krista Rosa and like look around on my page and you will find Emily. They're all linked on yeah. emilyprot.com yeah, or Emily, go on Chris. Yeah, or just find, yeah, she's in my pictures. I'm sorry about that. Um, I'll put it in the show notes anyway so people will see it. Oh, um, Yeah, so if you, um, yeah, you can go to emilyprot.com and you can see all the articles you can read all of her shit and reach out it's if you great. want truly i'm not yeah. lying i'd love to hear it if you need to talk like this is so lame but truly i will listen i will help or just listen and not help whatever you need please never be afraid to send me an email all my contact infos on the website um if you want to know more about the show you can go to loudandcurious.com if you want to be on an episode you can email me at chris at loudandcurious.com um you please now that there's the new apple podcast app please give me a five-star rating like if you listen, please give me a rating. Um, yeah, Emily didn't. I didn't. She didn't. Didn't know it was a thing. I'm but not, it, you uh, can do it on the app now, so it's so much easier. So, like, there's no excuse. Uh, <laughs> um, and, yeah, I think that's it. Again, thank you so much for sharing your story. I'm so glad we got to talk about this. I am so glad that we finally did this because we were supposed to do it, like, a long time ago, and it just fact. never happened, and I didn't think I was ready. And so I'm glad that we did this. Um, thank you. Yeah, and I think that's it. Until next time, bye. This episode of Loud and Curious was produced by me, Krista Rosa. My cover art photo and all the photos on my website were taken by Alyssa Timoteo. Cover art graphics and photo editing by Chris Moore. The boys from Remember Jones wrote and performed my theme music. Like them on Facebook and Instagram at Remember Jones. Next time on Loud and Curious. Like, what, if you think that you're doing the absolute most at my wedding, like, do more. Do more. Like, you're not doing enough. Not nearly. I think that's also, that's, like, a good, I like that as a number. Like, I want people to take, have their moment at my wedding. Everyone, yeah. I like that as a, a number in your musical, do more. Yeah, like, do more. When do you th- more. The when Chris you think Rosa story. you're doing enough, do more. Do more. <laughs> yeah, literally. Get your time. Testing one, two, three. Oh, that's so much better. See how much better that. Bless, bless. It's one, probably two, time that you bless up. Bless the fuck up. <laughs>